But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. My name's Cody Ryan. I'm here with my guest uh, and co-host, as always, Bobby Coronavirus. Uh, how you doing, Bobby? Coronavirus? Yeah. That was that was all the effort you put into that one? Yeah, it was on everybody's mind, so I figured it'd be clever. Did you just like open your phone and the first thing that you saw, you, you decided that was going to be my surname this week? No, the first thing I saw was how um, genius I was at some other time, but... Um, you know, okay. we'll get to that in another well, moment. Well, how am I? Last episode, we talked about the coronavirus and its impact on the economy and some tangential things like the Olympics maybe getting canceled, um, stuff like that. And since then, it has escalated considerably really quickly. Yeah. Shockingly the, quickly. The entire NBA has shut down. Uh, it sounds as if... That's going to be following suit of the MLB pushing back their opening season. They were shutting down their spring training operations. The NHL will be shutting down their operations. NCAA tournaments and canceled. March, Yeah, March Madness doesn't exist on the men's or women's side. English Premier League might cancel the rest of the season. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is... Donald Trump went on live TV and said that there was going to be no travel to Europe for 30 days. And then it turned out that that was excluding citizens so, yeah so not and he as... also tried to say goods and then he had to walk back the goods thing i don't know i it, he made like a bunch of mistakes in his address but um that is not the point of the episode uh that we actually talked about the coronavirus and no. it's only going to get worse <laughs> i'm which... sure you guys that are listening already know that yeah, you yeah also live in the world yes you're more than well aware of the coronavirus and if you're not um sorry uh it's coming Anyway, um, what we wanted to talk about was actually uh, kind of a pairing with another episode that we did recently. Um, And I will say, uh, sorry to you if you're looking forward to this episode and you have not finished, but this is going to be spoiler heavy to the ending of BoJack Horseman. We wanted to pair this with our episode with... um... Oh shit, I'm working from home entirely. Great. We're in the middle of an episode, you know that, right? You can just have, like, positive energy instead of negative energy anytime I say something. Well, good for you, for the work from home. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, um, but anyway, yeah, so we did an episode on The Good Place, and we felt like BoJack Horseman and The Good Place, even though they were kind of polar opposites, kind of fit together as these two television shows that are very defining. And for me, I don't watch a lot of television these days, and I don't think there's a lot of television that when I do even grips me like as half as much as those two shows did, but they were in such different directions. One was very cynical and one was very, um, you know, optimistic. The, the common theme behind them both being that they were just very unpredictable. Unpredictable and largely about self-examination and coming to terms with who you are versus who you believe yourself to be sort of. Now we talked about how we, when we watched um, The Good Place, we just could not believe how, like, they were able to stretch that to even, like, four seasons. 
Like, we were so amazed because we were like, the first season, we're like, oh my gosh, this won't work. And they, they made it a beautiful show. Bojack Horseman kind of made sense that they could last six seasons. Um, but, you know, that's more because it was just like, it's a cartoon. But they did have running narratives. And there kind of was, towards the end, a catch-up that, like, you know, of everything from the past kind of comes back to, to haunt the main character. And I submitted to Bobby that I had a theory that if you had just watched one classic movie in the very first episode, that you could have guessed at least the last two scenes of Jack Horseman. All right, hit me with this. Okay, so the classic movie that you needed to see was The Graduate. Now, Bobby, have you seen The Graduate? No, I have not. Okay. But so, I know the cliche stuff about it. Okay, so let me give you the TLDR, though. So The Graduate is about a boy who um, graduates from undergraduate. So, The Graduate. Um, it's Dustin Hoffman, who later was kind of canceled, uh, which is kind of not really relevant, but at the same time, sort of relevant in what it's going to be talked about. But it's going to get more fun. So I'm going <laughs> to just tell you about just The Graduate, though. So the graduate, he doesn't know what he wants to do, but he's at this party and everybody's like congratulating him and they're like, oh, well, we're going to pick for graduate school. It's just the expectation, I guess, for his family that they're just so rich. He's going to go to graduate school. This they're, is a sort of family that neither me nor you has. Yeah, it's very upper any, class like, direct, Ivy League. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, just in this insistence that he drive home uh, Mrs. Robinson. That's where you get the classic cliche, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. And they don't actually have sex at that time. They actually have sex in hotels, and it's actually over a period of time. And then there is an insistence that he go on a date with um, the daughter, Miss Robinson. And it's just by the, the father, Mr. Robinson, who's being cuckolded, not realizing it. Um, and the parents of uh, Benjamin Braddock, our main character, and they just think it would be a good idea, and that you know they haven't seen each other since kids. So they're trying to be like um, <coughs> the Lodges and whatever Claire's family is from Wedding Crashers. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of like that. Night to like upscale families. Yeah, exactly. So, but the thing is, the the mom is obviously not for it. So she's like, you will stay the hell away from my daughter. But he's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? They expect me to take her on a date. So she's like, you, you better make sure she doesn't like you. So he's just awful. He takes her to the strip club. He's wearing sunglasses. He's being a dick. But he ends up falling for her. It, it, it's very convoluted. There's a lot of um, Simon and Garfunkel in between where he kind of just stalks her for a while. Cause he like he admits to her that he was having an affair with a married woman, and then he admits it was her her mother. She freaks the fuck out, so she decides to marry some other like rich dude that her dad picked out. Fair enough. Yeah, and he, and then this is the cliche that I before I even say it, you might have known it from uh, either Wayne's World two or the episode of The Simpsons where it was not. Um, what it's going to be in our situation for the graduate, you might know it more as Mrs. Bobby. It is the rushing to the church and banging on the glass, yelling the name as the person is giving the kiss. And then they run off together and they get on a bus. The very end of the movie though, is they're so excited. And then they stop 
then life kind of comes back and you kind of think, well, what's next? All right. So the two things I know about The Graduate, really, are that the Mrs. Robinson song was originally Mrs. Roosevelt, and they had Simon and Garfunkel change it to yes. flip the plot of the movie. Yes. And that famous ending was not in the script. They filmed the ending, and then Dustin Hoffman and I for, i don't know the actress, um, they're just supposed to like go off happily ever after, and then no one yelled cut. And so they both just like didn't know what to do and like settled in naturally. And then they were like, oh, fuck. That is an incredible, that is such a better ending. Yeah. So there's the thing, too. And people have talked about this. And there was even a battle. And there might be an actual movie. But there is a sequel to The Graduate. And some people think because of that ending, it ruined The Graduate. But what they don't realize is he had written these movies or these books. And it was fine. And his act, I actually own a copy of the sequel. I think it's somewhere over on my bookshelf. Um, do you see something called Homeschool right there? No. I think I see it's next to Z's Ansari's canceled book, uh, Modern Romance, but then Sleepwalk and Me Blue, and then right to the right is Homeschool. Oh, uh, I see it, yeah. That is the sequel to The Graduate. And the sequel includes the actual mother, Mrs. Robinson, coming back and using her seductive powers to try to seduce a um, principal. And it's a whole thing in itself. So so does this series follow Mrs. Robinson and not... Not really. No, it still follows the family because she re-enters their lives and she wants to be more a part of their lives, but they don't want her. But then they realize they kind of need her. But really, he didn't really want the movie to be, like, made. So he kind of tried to win the rights back by, like, also writing it out and publishing it because he had, like, apparently written it. But because of the deal he wrote... They had the rights to things he had written but not published, so he had to publish it just to get it, the rights back so they didn't make a terrible movie. Hmm. Convoluted. Anyway, but some of the things I just said should have been kind of um, set you off. Now I'm going to try to blow your mind. I'm going to say that you should have known probably a lot of the things just from the title opening sequence. Bobby, I'm going to show you a picture right now. I want you to tell me what is the picture of. Uh, it's a picture of Dustin Hoffman and the graduate relaxing in a pool with a drink on a flotation device and sunglasses on. The next part of the movie is that his dad comes and blocks his son and he blocks his eyes. Do you remember what happens in the intro of BoJack Horseman when he's laying in the pool, relaxing? Uh, does Is it Princess Caroline or someone? Well, so it's it's not really so much that it's just like the sun and then it kind of drifts off. But the thing is, he's in the water and then he he looks up and it's um, Diane and it's uh, Mr. Mr. Peanut Peanut Butter. Then he's on the float and he blocks his eyes and it's the sun. That is a straight take from this scene. So that's from the title opener. So that's right away one of our tells that the graduate's involved here, right? Right. So um, there is obviously a part about Bojack Horseman, about him being seduced by a younger woman and it being taboo. The graduate, it's being seduced by an older woman and it's taboo. Now, Bobby, we also talked about something recently called a Chekhov's gun. Yes. I told you in the very first episode of Bojack Horseman, you would know everything. They tell us 
this third to last episode, I guess, what Bojack was going to do. Would did you know you had that Chekhov's gun the entire time? Well, explain it to me. So, in the intro, he is in a pool. So there is a kind of an idea of he's going to be underwater. But you could have explained that away easily by the episode where he is, um, you know, the underwater one where he's kind of communicating where he, with... Where he can't talk. Yeah. yeah. But what is the one thing that Bojack keeps trying to protect in his apartment? Do you remember? It's just this one inane object that he always tries to grab no matter what happens. No. It's a painting. Oh, the uh, the one that is my favorite joke from the whole series. And yeah, go ahead. No, oh, so the the joke is uh, Bojack gives this painting, which is a picture of himself looking down at himself in a pool, to Princess Caroline because he says that he's getting rid of stuff from his past, and she says, "Oh, thank you. It's a '70s pop art interpretation of the Narcissus myth." And Bojack says, "Oh, I thought it was about me." Yeah, and this is the painting, right, that I'm showing you. Yes. So it is Bojack looking down at himself. But isn't that really the third to last episode? Bojack is drowning in the pool as he's almost about to die, and the second one is really him looking down at himself, retrospective of it. So they already told us that was going to happen. And I know that they already told us that because this is a screenshot from the first episode where the prominently screen where the, the picture is prominently behind him as he sits in his chair. And I remember when I saw that painting thinking, when is that going to come into play? See, when I saw it, all I thought of was the picture of Spider-Man sitting in the I office hate so much. the picture of Spider-Man behind him. But you understand now though, they already told you that he was going to be drowning in a pool. They already told you that it's kind of like the graduate um, but let's see where it gets even a little bit deeper. So you're looking down in the pool. So, and he, when he's looking up from that water, it's Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter. Who is the last person he calls? Mr. Peanut Butter? No, it's Diane. <laughs> okay. He stop. Call- I think you should stop asking me questions. He should have called Mr. Peanut Butter though. And I'll tell you why in a second. He calls Diane and he calls Diane with the idea of, you better answer or I'm going to go swimming. He puts it all on her. And that's what breaks her down. He, he should have she's not even in the same city, right? No, she's in Chicago. She was, she's already asleep. And that's why he forgot. Because she's already living her real life. He should have called Mr. Peanut Butter. Because Mr. Peanut Butter is a fucking dog. And that was the joke the entire time. He's man's best friend. He will always be loyal. Who is the person who picks him up from prison? Who is the person who lets him stay with him? Who is the person who has his back till the end? Mr. Peanut Butter. Exactly. He had lost Todd. He had lost Diane. He had lost Princess Caroline. It was the fucking dog. It was all planned from the start. Now, we're not even done yet. So, Diane has to be his mom a lot. So, we already talked about a lot of foreshadowing in the opening. But the idea that he always wants Diane and playing on that mom thing, you know... Maybe there's a stretch there, but, you know, we talked about Mr. Pete, Mr. Peanut Butter always wanting to help and being that loyal dog. But there's that scene that really hit me in the last one. It was what to do after prison when he's on the beach with Todd. But what's the pl- plot of The Graduate? What do I do after I graduate? So it's the same thing with Bojack and he's with Todd. And Todd is trying to help him. 
And Bojack says, prison's easy. You just, you know, go get your meal and you go do your activity and then you go home. Much like the graduate, that's what was easy for him. He went to class, he hung out with his friends, and then he went home. And then that's when Todd goes, you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. Now, that's kind of a stretch though still. It's like, okay, well, he doesn't know what to do after prison. He doesn't know what to do after college. Do they do the hokey pokey in the graduate? Yeah, dude, they love it. No, I have no fucking clue. I don't think so. Do you think the Hokey Pokey is written by uh, Simon Garfunkel? It's all Simon Garfunkel. I can see them doing a rendition of it. Yeah, but here's where it gets really, really crazy, though. Bojack, when he's at the wedding, it's not really a real wedding, we find out. It's an industry wedding. But Bojack makes this joke that he always thought he was going to end up with Princess Caroline and interrupt the wedding. The cliche from The Graduate. Okay. And then what does he say, though? He says, what "What were you even going to say? I don't know. Like, come on, dude. Like, (laughs) but that was, that was his moment of, he thought he was going to be the hero, like The Graduate, but he wasn't. And it wasn't even the wedding to do it at. And he stopped himself. And he said, that's the old Bojack. This is the new Bojack. Um, But... That's what was made it so crazy, though, was then we get to the scene with Diane. I think we all were waiting for that, and we all knew that's how this is going to end. And when you watch The Graduate, everything about it is chaos to the end, and then they get on the bus, and they're supposed to be happy ever after, but they go, okay, what's life now? But what happens when Diane and Bojack get together? They're arguing, and it's kind of clean for a lot of people princess caroline is married todd who never thought to be any kind of relationship because he's asexual in a great relationship healing with his mother um mr peanut butter is kind of in a weird spot but he's still fine because he's mr peanut butter and then there's diane and she's married or at least engaged uh doesn't really tell us but and then there's just kind of that part where it's all clean, and even though Bojack's not really sure what he's doing, he kind of already had graduated that season. And now he's getting back into the life that he had with Princess Caroline and going back to the way things were, but then it ends the exact same way as The Graduate, but it's longer. And we're thinking, okay, well, something's going to happen between Bojack and Diane, but that's just not real life. Because Diane finally chose to be happy. And that's why I am submitting, after my long rant, which I'm sorry Bobby went very long, and I hope I include you a little bit, but I submit the final season of BoJack Horseman was never about BoJack, because they told us from the very first episode how BoJack's life was going to be ending in terms of the show. And my psych said something today, and it actually just kind of, like, fucking, I was like, dude, I'm literally gonna plagiarize you later. He goes... Lives never really end. They just fade off. And that's kind of how BoJack Horseman ended. Yeah. I mean, that was the most... The way... When me and Isabel were watching the last season, we kind of wanted the season to end on the the penultimate episode where BoJack dies. We were like, the way that he's had so many chances to not fuck things up 
And like even though this is obviously a largely absurdist cartoon show about anthropomorphic animals and people um, commingling and dating and having children together and shit like that, like that would seem to be the way that that type of person's life would end. But I mean, it not it isn't necessarily Robert Downey Jr. For example, I mean, there's all kinds of he's the one that comes to mind first. But there there are people that come out of it on the other side, um, successful or come out of it on the other side with their lives together. Um, but we watched it and we we're like, it kind of feels cheap that he doesn't die. And then we watched that last episode and that last scene with Diane, exactly what you're saying for me was probably one of the more affecting scenes that I've ever seen in a television show because so I have these, like my friends from high school who like have such a huge place in my heart, like probably a a bigger place in mine than I do in theirs. Um, Like whenever I see them, I'm so happy, but like I, I finally realized a couple of years ago that I'm never going to be a huge part of their lives in the way that I envisioned us all being part of each other's lives in high school and at the beginning of college. And just seeing that conversation between Bojack and Diane was like almost a little bit of closure for me where it's like the fact that your lives intersected at this point, like it, it was important and it was meaningful it doesn't mean that they're always going to intersect going forward and that can be fine and best for everyone. And like, that's just kind of how life is. Like you're not going to be friends with everyone that you're friends with forever. Yeah. And I think it really hit me on a much different note, which is that Diane was a character that I didn't realize really fit more me than I wanted to admit i always wanted to be a bojack not so much in the sense of who he was but i always thought i was a bojack because i thought i was a star who was reckless what i really wanted was to find a bojack that i could write for the way his one friend did who ended up being actually the ringmaster of his own nightmares uh and you see how that went sour but that's because of bojack's own ego um so can we explain that a little bit that yeah, the second yeah, yeah. to last episode, right? Yeah, so second to last episode is a hallucination by Bojack, I guess, in whatever coma or OD As coma. As he's drowning and, like, hanging in the balance between life and death in the pool. Yeah, it's one of those, like, um, like uh, near-death experience hallucination, like, cliche uh, episodes. Um, but... It really plays off of Bojack kind of answering for his own sins in his head. The ones that he considered real sins. The ones not that he's punished for that eventually send him to prison. Oh my god, spoiler! Um, kidding. Uh, <laughs> hold on, it's a spoiler. Uh, I can't believe we spoiled The Graduate. Yeah, I know. Uh, you only had fucking 60 years of this year. Uh, 63 to be exact. Um, it's about Jesus. 1967. Fuck. Jesus. Um, anyway. <laughs> That'd be 53, I think. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, either way, if I added 10, my bad. Either way, um, 
Yeah, it was just like one of those things, though, where, um, you know, he was atoning for the sins in his nightmare. And then he went to prison for other things that were kind of like, yeah, that he should go to prison, but probably not for what, you know, he's getting like caught for, you know, because like even the Sarah Lynn thing was like him giving her the heroin and like you know, killing her or whatever, like, it didn't go down like that. Right. You know, I, and I really wanted to go, go back and rewatch that episode and understand a little bit more how it went down, but if I remember, that was an assisted suicide. Well, I mean, they're both, like, sort of doing a leaving Las Vegas thing where they're trying to do a bender to death, basically. Yeah. But I, but Sarah Lynn finds the Bojack brand heroin in the car, and she is insisting that they do it. And Bojack is actually saying, like, no, don't. Like, yeah. even on a six-week, like, blackout, drunken bender, Bojack's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. So, I, I like, I was murked up on, like, the, you know, kind of details of it all. But either way, it's still not the way the press, you know, goes at him for it. But... I think the thing that really got me with the Diane um, arc of the last season is there was so much of her wanting to be certain things that she was neglecting other things. And she goes through this really human thought process at the idea of you have depression and maybe you should look at antidepressants. And that is... Why? So I can keep turning over a rock and turning over another rock and there's nothing and nothing and nothing. You're just turning over rocks and what's the point? It's just exhausting. And I still feel that as someone still, you know, turning over rocks every once in a while and getting a medication update and it's upsetting and it's it's frustrating and scary. But she is one of the people who is one of the success stories, though. Who, yeah, there are the side effects of you sometimes gain weight, but she was happy. And she let herself be happy. Right. And another thing about um, Diane and sort of neglecting her medication and being reticent to go on it in the first place, is it, it reminds me of something that I've heard other people say about, specifically, uh, in my experience, Adderall. Um when we were like in grade school or high school, people that I knew would be like, well, being on Adderall, like it may, it, it makes me like not me. Like the fact that you have to like alter your brain chemistry every day to pay attention better or not be depressed, whatever it may be. It, like I, I understand people being like, well, then the person I am is never coming out because the person that I am being when I'm awake is the person I am plus a, a pill that makes my brain do, do stuff. Yeah. And she was like, well, like I'm not me without, like I can't write without the chaos and like, I'm not me without all that turmoil and stuff like that. And I think that's a totally natural reaction, even if it's like, obviously has a negative effect on your life and relationships. Oh, every comedian who's ever had to deal with the the mental health question has had to deal with the, are they going to turn off my funny bone? 
Um, and Chris Gethard actually addresses it head on in his stand-up special career suicide, which I always plug just, he doesn't pay me anything. Um, nor should he probably also causing as much negative to his brand as positive. Um, anyway, point is though, I, I really liked his cause he talks about there, there are side effects and you have to sometimes figure it out. But he was talking about, you know, he thought, man, if I go on these drugs, I'm not going to be funny anymore. And then he's like, I was way funnier on the drugs because I wouldn't get manic moments where I would take all my friends to the cafeteria and be like, I got an idea called time phone that we're all going to do tonight in a time phone. Like, and he would be like, what do you mean a time phone? He's like, you know, those little bank like kiosks. Yeah. Or, or like back then when they had like phone banks or whatever, he's like, we're just going to do this, this play. We're going to write and do this play. Who, to whoever just happens to be walking by using the phone banks. And then he was like, now I can just like sit down and write, write like jokes. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, I don't have to deal with like getting a rush of thinking this is the best idea ever when it's not even like a good idea to say out loud at all. But let's also continue with the Diane, like kind of finish for her though, is we get a lot of the frustration of her too. And we see her kind of wrapping up with Bojack and I'm going to rewind the Bojack and actually talk about his graduation and such. But even, you know, before, um, you know, we get to Bojack, just talking about Diane, like she talks about how Bojack put that mental stress on her and then put onto her, you know, what? why would you call me? Yeah. And this is something that just like literally anything you can think of has, it's a concept that's been taken by people on Twitter who don't, fully understand it or who aren't using it in the way it's supposed to be used or are using it for their own ends. It's the concept of like emotional labor. So a yeah. lot of like, we, we, I think we talked about this before when we were talking about people responding to things with like form texts, like, yeah. Oh, thank you for uh, reaching out to put this on me. Unfortunately I'm at capacity and yeah. I, I can't help you right now. Like that, that is taking the idea of self care and emotional labor and just like using it largely for selfish means Whereas in this case, Bojack is actually forcing Diane to do emotional labor in that he is putting all of his negative emotions and self-loathing and things onto her shoulders and just asking her to deal with it it's, so that he can be unburdened yeah. so he can be unburdened by it and so that hopefully she can sort it out for him and just spit it back to him in like a happier, simpler way that he can take on himself. Yeah, and what you have to realize in the whole show is that, look, we we can talk about cancel culture, and that would be what's important. And say, is Bojack canceled? And then see him, oh, he's revived because he was the horse. But Bojack loses what he cares about most, and it's Diane. And it's true that he always cared about Diane. And I think that's what the show is kind of hinting at, but also... Take yourself out of this cancel culture world and say, cancel culture only works when the people say, I won't support you. It's not a, a, a culture, really, unless action is done. I can't cancel someone by gotcha them. Like, Bojack had all these things that had him canceled, but then he was redeemed. It, you're only canceled as far as 
you're Louis C.K. and you masturbate in front of women, you should be canceled and beat to a bloody pulp and never do stand-up again, but you're selling out shows all across the country because you're a selfish piece of shit. Right, and Louis, those rumors were out there for a long time. Woody Allen, all of... Uh, not Pretty to the not to the not to the degree that um, Ronan Farrow came out, yeah, and addressed a couple of years ago. But like the creepy shit about Suk Lee, yeah, yeah, uh, was out there for a long time, and the Bill Cosby stuff was out there for a long time. You were at the show, yeah, with Hannibal Burris, where he said like yeah, shit like about this... Bill Cosby, but that was out there. Yeah, he, he hadn't done like fucking investigative journalism. Yeah, he just like... came out and was like, "This happened." Isn't it fucked up that this happened and we don't <laughs> yeah. talk about it? Yeah. And, like, the fact that those things were out there means that exactly what you said. Like, no one is canceled unless everyone gets on board with the concept that what this person has done makes them no longer worth supporting. Because if those things can be out there and more, a lot of people don't know about them or they just brush them off as hearsay, like, that just means that people don't want to know. Yeah. They have no interest in knowing because they have an emotional connection with the performer and they don't want to have to reckon with it. Yeah, and I think there's even like... And we can know. talk about that um, a little bit later in terms of BoJack himself. Yeah, and I, I do think though, you know, and it even plays with the BoJack thing, it's like the timing when you get caught kind of makes a difference. It's like the people who got caught before the Me Too movement that did really shitty stuff kind of like skirted by and that even kind of plays into the, some of the, like the bojack stuff of the one guy nobody wants to touch him and he meets up with him but um you know it's just with the diane stuff i think it just the show comes really full circle where the only thing that bojack really loses in the end is diane and he loses her not by being an alcoholic or by having a breakdown I don't know what the Hollyhock letter was. My assumption would be maybe potentially a I know what you did, never contact me again. Or the worst case scenario, obviously, that would make him want to do a bender like this would be a suicide note. But I don't think she would mail him a suicide note. I think it would be more of a I found out that you like made these kids drink and you're a piece of shit and get the fuck out of my life and that kind of letter. Yeah. And then he decided i'm gonna deal with this the old way and um that's why we don't hear from hollyhock i actually saw an article it was like why doesn't we hear about hollyhock it's like literally because it flies in the face of how the show ends like it's not supposed to be a happy ending show yeah and it's not a show where that's built on like pandering to the audience like it, it would be not in character for hollyhock to like welcome bojack back into her life and like be in his orbit to the degree that she'd be in the show anymore yeah and it's just it goes to everything i was saying it's just like diane is really upset and says you know why would you always put it on me and then they talk about oh i had a, you know had a boyfriend you know he moved to houston had a boyfriend it's like show the ring and it's like yeah bojack like what what the fuck have you been doing all the years that she actually was single that you think that she wants to actually be with you after you put her through that? Like, she 
stepped out of Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, fuck cancel culture. Fuck what that means for anybody. Literally, Diane was betrayed by someone and said, okay, I'm going to try to live my life. And she found someone she fell in love with. And she went on, had her life, and she stepped out of caring about who's canceled and who's not and fighting about it. But at the same time, she's not, like, enabling Bojack in any way. Like, she's not supporting him. Like, she just forget Bojack exists. And that's always what makes me laugh about, like, people who are, like, really staunch, like, like defenders of something in cancel culture because I'm just like wouldn't your life just be easier if you just listened to a different album or watched a different movie because you know that upsets people like I'm not saying you're wrong because I don't really know the answer I just don't I don't know where we're supposed to land on anything I don't know at what point I made a joke Aziz I'm sorry are we supposed to cancel him I really don't know Because he's not the one who, you know, drugged women. He's the one who was inappropriate with a woman. And I know people would say right away, Aziz Ansari, absolutely canceled. And other people would say, that's bad, but he just needs to learn. And it's a hard thing to do. But when you just say, well, I really don't fucking care about Aziz Ansari. I can just do other things that don't include Aziz Ansari. I don't have to defend him. Because I don't have to tell people, like, what's your favorite comedian? Is he so sorry? Do you want to talk about the article? No, I don't want to talk about the article. Defend it. Like, no, nah, I just find somebody else to listen to. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just blessed that my favorite comedian is Mike Birbiglia, who's just like the most boring dude in the world. But like, other than the sleepwalking through a La Quinta in window. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as far as cancel culture stuff goes, I understand wanting to be like, I'm not going to let other people's opinion on the art that I like affect how I feel about the art because kind of everyone is like that with something or other. Yeah. Um, and also there's a school of thought that I'm not even going to let the people that created the art ruin the art that I love. That means a lot to me. Like it, it's a little bit separated by like how consuming it like gives them money in some ways. If you hadn't like just bought it on iTunes before or something like that, but like not letting Jesse Lacey from brand new fuck up your memories of loving brand new and having them be like a formative force in your life. There's like certain amount of power in that. I think like taking the art for yourself away from the people that are shitty who made it. Um, but yeah. And then as far as like Aziz and letting people redeem themselves, I mean, this is kind of where we get back to Bojack. Like Aziz doesn't, has not done anything as far as we know, as bad as Bojack um, in a drug fueled psychosis, like almost strangling his co-star to death or almost having sex with an underage girl. But like we watched the show and it's a combination of the fact that it's not real and it's a, it's especially not real cause it's a cartoon and sort of like breaking bad. Like we're 
watching the perspective of the main character most of the time. Like we watch him do those things and I think we're still rooting for him. Yeah, I mean the second to last episode is literally beating a dead horse, but But um... like but what I'm saying is if anyone that had done either of those two things, like me and you would probably be like, All right, fuck that guy. Like done with yeah. him. Yeah. I, I think also it's it's hard though, yeah, because you see Sarah Lynn as this crazy character who's more crazy than Bojack. So it's like Well, I don't even mean that. But I, I'm just saying like when I watch Bojack Horseman and I he does these bad things, like it's always gonna be framed from the perspective of it's Bojack. So there are times though where you're like, is that even defensible as bojack and i think that's what the writers were trying to do we're saying like this is the main character of the show instead of making him a clear black or white good or bad they always left him in the gray drifting towards certain sides so people would have to see what he was and when he got his reckoning and it happens and you're like oh that happens pretty quick it's like 13 months or something like that i think he gets 13 correct. or 14 not yeah correct me if i'm wrong if you know but like it's like that and then like 10 months in he's you know with or a year later i don't know which one it really was but you know he's directing a play of the other inmates and shit like that and it's like okay does bojack really pay for all the things that he did i don't know i really like i i, I don't know i just think when you watch BoJack Horseman objectively, he's a piece of shit, and he never deserves Diane, and the ending of it being just kind of an awkwardness of, there's a sexual tension, but just an understanding that Diane gets what she deserves that's better, and BoJack doesn't get Diane, who is such a great person, like, at her core. Like, she always... Like, she always wants to fight for the right thing, but always has to fight for the shitty thing. And that's just, like, her whole life of the show. Yeah. She's, like, kind of like you in that, where she's, like, always fighting for, like, whatever, like, cause. Like, her causes that I think she fights for are bigger than a lot of stuff that you, like, get in trouble for. Get in trouble for? Okay. Yeah. Good points and all, but... But, like, she's always... And I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like, I'm, I'm sure there's times where she's like, God, oh, this is just what I have to do because like, I feel like this is who I am, even if I don't actually care that much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, watching Diane's arc was hard for me because it was very real and there are levels that I'm not to yet that I still want to get to that Diane gets to over the course of a season that honestly, like it can happen with medication like that. You could get the right medication day one and your life's just better. You could get it <laughs> year 20 if you have really terrible psychs, but like <laughs> that's really just depends on how your psychs are. My psych's pretty proactive when he feels like something isn't working, he switches it. But we added something recently that, I'm not even going to say that might help. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But it's just one of those things where it's like Diane's journey of 
she believed that she needed to be in the chaos is exactly the same thought process I always had. Was I need to be in the chaos of these Twitter arguments that I used to get into or, you know, if there's political things now that I care about, like I need to be the one screaming the most about my candidate or... You know, it's not like I've ever done anything criminal. I just mean that in the sense of, like, I always want to, you know, be loud. And, like, feeling through Diane's arc of her always wanting to be someone to be loud, like a feminist, you know, who, who arcs out to everyone... And having some personal things in my life right now, it makes me feel quiet. While Diane, you know, kind of lives a quieter life, but she feels a little bit more happiness. I was like, shit, girl, what are they prescribing you? Right. And Diane also, like, her arc, as you've said, takes her out of Hollywood to Chicago, to Houston, out of the celebrity lifestyle that she was living when she's married to Mr. Peanut Butter, um, out of, I mean, the rat race, whatever, which is something that Bojack tries to do himself when he goes out to Michigan and he's like fixing everything in the house, um, that his family owned, like the, the lake house. But I mean, it's the same thing, like getting out of the Hollywood, like glare and the, uh, again, like I said, the rat race, but or just like the every second something's happening. You, everyone that you talk to could be like super important in your life. You you never know. But her impulse to do so is like healthy, and his impulse to do so is to become rec- like just drop off the grid completely. Like she, he's dropping off the grid. She drops off the grid without that being the intention, and like that driving force is what makes all the difference of her ending up being happy, like happily engaged and finding her center and Bojack, like kind of staying manic and the next thing happening that drives him back to LA. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it already looks like in season six, Bojack graduates. He already looks like the graduate. And then it's like, Okay, well, he's just teaching these classes. It's going well. He's got the gray hairs. But then, you know, catastrophe hits. He goes insane. And while all of this is going on, there is drama for everybody else, but all their loose ends are tying up. So you see the tying of, you know, Princess Caroline. Like, she's been all over the map. Sometimes she looks, you know, evil. Sometimes she looks... You know, like, she's a savior, and then all of a sudden, the assistant that she used to have, uh, who, I don't remember the name of the assistant, but I know it's voiced by... Yeah, Jonah. I always remember it's voiced by Diedrich Bader, who I just love so much that I often forget the names of the characters he plays, because I love him so much. I always thought he was Mark Evan Jackson. Nah. Hmm. It's Diedrich Bader who does that one. Alright, there you go. Yeah. So, uh... Princess Caroline and Jonah get married and Todd, you know, like he pranks his mom into having a stroke or something like that, but then gets 
to get closer and recovery and right and and bojack seems like he's on his way to his own um happily ever after um teaching theater and acting at the college that hollyhock goes to but then his past catches up to him even not in hollywood in the form of the investigative journalists who find out about him being with sarah lynn uh, the night that she died, and in the form of Hollyhock finding out about Bojack and uh, what's his, what's her name, the young girl. Um, I forget the young girl's name. I always forget her name, but like that's why I want to go back and rewatch those seasons, though, too, and like even try to remember how damning all those things are. But the young girl that he almost slept with and definitely could have, and even you know tries to say i didn't sleep with her i could have slept with her as easy but i didn't and it's like okay she's still traumatized by it horribly yeah it's like it 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 just it begs the question it's like yeah towards the end you're like am i allowed to like bojack but you're allowed to feel however the hell you want at the end i guess it's just the whole point of the show is that like yeah, you don't get to just decide that you're just a better human. Bojack's past caught up to him by, um, I can't remember who played the woman, but the other one was Parker Posey. Parker Posey and Schmatt playing the, the guy doing the, um, the other investigator. Like, they were just like, they were uncovering things that were horrible about Bojack, but you've watched the whole show. Like, Nothing of it should surprise you. Like, you should expect Bojack to get caught and him face these consequences. What he almost got was this manic, you know, suicide. And it's it even makes you want to say suicide would be the easy way out. But it wasn't because then in this part of the suicide that would have been the easy way out, he tortures himself in his own brain that it's even worse and he tries to talk to Diane longer and it's like it's Chicago of course I didn't pick up and it's like that's worse torture than fucking prison because he gets in the prison he loves it and then he's like what's next just like the graduate he gets out of college and he's like what do I do now nothing right and it's like I realize that if you watch that first episode you see not only that opener, a lot of those things, like, he's in the water, so you kind of think about, like, the episode where he was, like, underwater, but he's in the water, that's him drowning in the pool, he's looking up, there's two people, one of them's Princess, or one of them's Diane, and one of them's Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter is always the loyal friend, he's the dog, and Mr. Peanut Butter does not have a good end, because he's always loyal to Bojack, he gets Bojack instead of his fiance because she runs off with some Justin Bieber type, I think, because they like, don't they sleep together? Yeah, like, so the... real quick, Mr. Peanut Butter cheats on his girlfriend with Diane, and then he's going to come clean, and she's so excited that um, he can't come clean, and they get engaged. Uh, and then she does find out that she had that he had cheated with Diane twice, and so they're like, all right, uh, well, now you need to cheat on me and then we'll be even. And then she ends up having sex with, like, everyone. And they're like, oh, there's no emotional connection, so it doesn't count. And then she sleeps with 
the Justin Bieber guy who she like hates but is similar to Mr. Peanut Butter, and then it turns out that they love each other and run off together. Yeah, and I think that even kind of plays into like, well, wouldn't you think Mr. Peanut Butter, the nicest character in the show, would get like a good send off? And I'm like, he enabled every dumb thing Todd wanted to do and is the loyal associate of Bojack. Like, there are a lot of underlying things that we didn't really think about. Like, Todd broke off. Even Todd said, enough, I can't take this. Mr. Peanut Butter literally is a dog. He stays loyal. He's man's yeah. best friend. And I guess it's obvious now, but like what you're talking about when he's looking up from the pool in the intro to each episode and he sees Diana, Mr. Peanut Butter. And in that um, penultimate episode, he calls Diane and not Mr. Peanut Butter. It's like because Mr. Peanut Butter is always unf- unfailingly there for him and also like gratingly nice yeah bojack doesn't feel like he deserves that and so he calls the person that is there for him a lot but not always and is difficult and who he has a weird relationship with instead of the loyal friend and that almost costs him his life and it's very appropriate because i mean that's how he feels about himself he doesn't feel that he's worthy of the love that he's seeking or yeah. like the friendship that Mr. Peanut Butter gives him. And they're and, and they're frankly con- he's not. And there even could be this idea of a subconscious he didn't want the person that could actually do something to save him. Because yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter's in the same city, could pick up his phone and be there in a second. He calls Diane, who would be asleep, you know, because it's already late. It's already a bender night for him, so it's super late, and then it's extra late in Chicago by another two hours. Like, no way she's gonna be awake. And then you, so you think about that opening intro. They tell you he's gonna be at the bottom of the pool, and the decision's gonna be Diane or Mister Peanut Butter. Why did you call me? I I forgot you were in Chicago. Did he? We don't know it. He should have called Mr. Peanut Butter yeah, in L.A. Doesn't really matter. And then you see the that pool float thing. I mean, that's a picture perfect copy of that part of the graduate. And his father even comes over and says, like, you know, what are you going to do with your life and stuff like that? And he goes, I don't know. And there's a scene at the end where it goes three in a row. It goes, you know, Todd asking, what are you going to do with your life? And he goes, I don't know. And he's the then it goes Princess Diane or Princess Caroline, like she'd get married. I thought I was gonna rush in and you know stop it, but you know I just enjoyed it. That's another graduate reference. And the final scene, they have this big conversation, but that end is just like the graduate, just two people sitting there right next to each other, awkward faces of like, what's next? So. That's my theory that if you watched the first episode, you would have saw the Chekhov's gun of the... Chekhov's pool. Chekhov's pool, pool hall. <laughs> um, you, would have, you would have noticed all the references to The Graduate, and you would have noticed the, the painting, which is a very clear Chekhov's pool. Um, I, don't, I didn't even realize, though, when I was like watching the things, though, I was like... I was like, is this how... The, I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I knew there was going to be something about that painting in the pool. There was just, like... That one was too obvious. He kept trying to, like, get it. He, he didn't understand it. It was clear there was going to be something with a pool. And I kept remembering, when is that going to come into play? And him looking down at himself in the pool. And I was like, there even probably was a thought at 
in all of our minds in the back of their head at some point subconsciously like is Bojack going to drown himself in the pool like not even whether we realize it or not that's probably what they want to put in our heads but somebody must have planned this show from episode one to last episode of season six I think because it all it all connects yeah how do you have this the opener of the show with foreshadowing to the last episode yeah I mean it was probably in their head it could also be the thing where they were two seasons in and were like, oh, actually, I have a great idea based on what we have yeah. here. But I mean, either what, way, whatever I it is, them. I mean, whether they planned it from the beginning or not, it, the, the through line um, that you talked about works. It doesn't it really doesn't matter if it was like storyboarded out from before the first yeah. episode was, um, you know, drawn and. Yeah, and I, and I can only imagine that regardless if the graduate theory is, like, how strong it is, like, like in their own minds when they're writing it, but there clearly are references to it. I mean, I, the picture I showed you, which we'll share on the, the podcast from Amazon, it literally is the same shot as Bojack laying in the pool in the opener. Yeah. Like, and the same thing happens, and that's what we'll try to... um Maybe see if we can get Tony to cut together for us. Maybe a little side by side of some of the, the the graduate versus the BoJack moments. That'd be good, but let's not ever promise. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what Tony's up to. Coronavirus is also strong. Maybe that'll infect the interweb. So let's see how long this grid stays up. So download <laughs> download all of our episodes and charge up all your uh, special batteries so you can listen to Neurotica. <laughs> All through all, the, all through the all apocalypse, <laughs> yeah. Oh, any more thoughts on the Bojack? I mean, we can talk about Bojack all day, yeah. but I mean, it's the the only other thing that I wanted to say is that Bojack probably has the best music of any TV show I've ever watched. Um, the last song, I, I like the last song a lot personally because, and this is stupid, it, it reminds me of. An old Amazon, a song from an Amazon commercial from like 10 years ago. Do you know what the name of the last song is? It's called Mr. Blue. Uh, I forget who sings it, but there's a song from an Amazon commercial. It's only on YouTube. It's not even on Spotify. Yeah, it's, called, it's, not... it's called Fly Me Away by Annie Little. Oh. And it's very, and it has like the same like kind of cutesy, like deep horns and stuff like that. But it's just like a much better written and arranged song. But that song I meant... I really like that song a lot. I listened to it. I think I came over here after watching the last episode of BoJack and listened to it the entire walk over and the entire walk back. Okay. And then they also, um, in the episode where BoJack gets dropped off to rehab at the very end, they play, uh, fuck, I forget what, I forget which song it is, but it's by the war on drugs. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a funny joke for those of us that get it. (laughs) I didn't remember that part. No, yeah, I think... Um, but yeah, a lot of the like end, end title songs for BoJack are like really great, and shout out to them for finding so many good songs. Yeah, I didn't give the show the chance it deserved at first, and then I, I really went back to it, and it, it really has a good payoff. Obviously, if you listen to this episode and you haven't seen it yet, you've already gotten some of the spoilers. I still think it's enjoyable regardless of that, and you'll still have twists and turns, and... Something yeah, so it's a it's and, a really well written show. As I said, well um, voice acted for sure. Yeah, and uh, you'll enjoy like if you like comedy, you'll enjoy all the cameos. Um, as I said when uh, we were doing the Good Place episode, there's 
so many moments where the writing hits you straight in the gut because it describes the way that you're feeling or like a way that you have felt really succinctly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like whether, whether you know where the plot is going or not, um, it's well worth your time just for the ambition and the writing. Yeah. So I would say definitely give it a watch and also give the graduate a watch to kind of compare and contrast them. I do think it's kind of funny. Dustin Hoffman has sexual assault allegations against him now, and I think it might be for a younger girl. So I don't know if maybe they wrote that as a part of it, but I think they might even wrote Dustin Hoffman into one of the episodes as a joke that he was canceled. Um, I don't know if that was a Princess Caroline thing or not, but yeah, it's, it's kind of an irony of it all, though, that like it's those movie the the movie is kind of like a foil to the show the movie's about a young ambitious boy after he gets out of school doesn't want to do the the machine thing he wants to run away to love and it's like bojack who just keeps fucking up like having everything and like yeah he's kind of the opposite yeah he's like so not a young ambitious boy yeah it's like it's like the reverse but he's, graduate, but he's but. still at that like a, at a point in his life like i'm sure that the character from the graduate will get there eventually in his yeah. middle age where it's like Okay, I've done this now. Like, what is what do I do now? Yeah, and even Bojack thinks, oh, I've hit a point where I matured, so I shouldn't have to face you know the consequences of yesterdays. But like, you do because what you do matters, and doesn't matter when you did it. You have to face the consequences. So, I think that pretty much wraps up everything I have to say about Bojack. I think we're ready to transition to a little thing we call plugs here. You want to plug anything today, Bobby? Kind of plug that song a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, like, go through a trip on memory lane, like, you will remember this song, uh, Fly Me Away by Annie Little. It was on TV all the time in, like, 2010 and 2011, so <laughs> I guess that's my plug. Okay. Fly Me Away by Annie Little, not on Spotify. It's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna plug, um, some bad news. Uh, Cody Ryan is back on Twitter, sort of. <laughs> Um, my Twitch needed a Twitter, technically, and I've been using it as if it's not for my Twitch, so that's already a bad start. Um, but you can follow me at Streamed Hams. Streamed Hams. Streamed Hams. Hakeem the Stream Olajuwon. Um, I am Hakeem the Stream Olajuwon, aka Dr. McStreamy. Um, and I play a variety of different games, and my schedule right now is literally all the time so i don't know when to tell you to watch but i'm getting better at it and if you use your twitch prime membership on me which you get for free for having amazon prime um they will give me money so that's like taxing jeff bezos even though we're not really taxing him because they're giving me profit even though there's no way i'm helping their brand at all yeah so subscribe yeah (laughs) fuck jeff bezos we're not (laughs) We're not asking you to do a Patreon or anything. No. So the least you can do is yeah, subscribe is with your free If you have thing. an Amazon Prime already, this is free. <laughs> so what you do, and, and me and Bobby will sometimes do streams on there ourselves, but it's mostly just going to be mine. But Bobby will definitely be either in like a voice chat, a, a party, or um, We might do live right now after we record. Yeah. I mean, right now is a perfect time. But um, what else we got to plug? Anything? Uh, that's it, I think. Watch BoJack Horseman's a great show. Yeah, wash your hands. That's the biggest plug. Oh, yeah, don't get coronavirus. Yes, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Okay. Thanks, everybody. This has been Erotica. Have a great night. Bye.